Welcome back to the Knock On Sports and joining me right now on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline to talk all things FCS spring football. It is Sam Herter from Hero Sports. Sam, great to chat with you once again, man. Hope you're doing well here on a Friday. Yeah, doing good. Uh, we got some FCS games, uh, a couple games to watch tonight and uh, a few more tomorrow and <laughs> then a few more on, on Sunday. So it should be a busy and fun weekend. What do you think about that? Because that seems like a really neat schedule. Three straight days of FCS college football. I mean, that's not a bad thing for me. I'll take some games tonight, tomorrow, and uh, on Sunday, too. Yeah, it's it'll be like this uh, basically throughout the season. I don't There, there isn't going to be a ton of Friday games, but I know uh, there's a handful of Sunday games for the Missouri Valley. I know the OVC is playing. I think basically all of their games are going to be played on Sundays. Uh, and then, you know, most games will be on Saturdays. And so it'll be, it'll be busy on Saturdays. And then, uh, for us FCS football fanatics, there'll be yeah, probably like four to five games just about every Sunday to watch as well. Sam, let's go back to, uh, last week, week one, uh, Tarleton state taking on McNeese state, uh, kind of kicking things off for the FCS spring football schedule. what did you take away from that game? Yeah. You know, I was able to watch the, the last five minutes of regulation and then the overtimes as well. I, it was uh, a little unfortunate that they pulled that from ESPN plus and put it on the regional Fox sports network, because, you know, if, unless you were in that, that, that region, uh, you weren't able to watch that. I, I found a, a, a Periscope live stream on Twitter uh, of the last few minutes of the game, just because it was an exciting finish. So, you know, didn't get to watch a whole lot of it. So didn't, didn't have like huge takeaways as far as the action on the field, but you know, it was a a great win for McNeese, uh, uh, you know, kind of a special story there with, with such a tough off season uh, for them. And then I think it also shows, uh, told us a lot about Tarleton that they are ready to uh, compete right away at division one FCS. You know, it's not like McNeese is a a powerhouse. They have, they've they've struggled in, in recent years and have been just an an average FCS team. It's not like they're a a routine playoff team in the last couple of years, but it was still a good showing by Tarleton state to to show that they're, they're ready to come to the FCS and, and compete with these teams right away. Sam, Central Arkansas kind of felt like the story in the fall with some of the things that they were able to do. Uh, but at the same time, that result, seeing how that game played out, going into multiple overtimes, you feel like that's a good start for the FCS in terms of what we could potentially see? And do you think we'll see more of games like that as we go into the schedule? Yeah, I think it was a, a good start uh, for the FCS. Again, you know, it's unfortunate. I know there's a lot of people... Uh, you know, all over the country. I'm not, you know, not millions or thousands or anything, but I had a decent amount of people asking me where they could watch the game because there was interest in it. It was the FCS, uh, the FCS kickoff game there, but, uh, you know, unfortunately not a lot of people were able to watch it nationally, but just to have a a game like that, have an exciting finish, I think it was a, a good kickstart to the season. Also, some other news, Sam, that has impact here in Montana in particular, even though we won't be seeing either one of the Montana schools in the spring football schedule, is the fact that Montana State hired Brent Vegan, uh, obviously a guy that played for North Dakota State, has ties to North Dakota State as a coach as well. What did you think about the hire for the Bobcats? Yeah, I thought it was the perfect hire, honestly. I, I know, you know, I, I thought he was going to be the top candidate the whole time, and, you know, he very well could have been the number one candidate the whole time. I know there were some names out there that uh, that said they got offered the job and then they end up turning down the job. You know how if that was actually the, the legit scenario, who knows? You know maybe you know Leon Costello said, "Hey, you know we're interested in you being a top candidate for us." And then that coach said, "You know I'm not interested." 
you know, then they kind of spun it with their agents <laughs> to say, hey, yeah, I was offered the job, but I turned it down. You know, so I don't know. I, I guess we don't know for sure because I know some Bobcats fans are, are worried that it, it seems like it seemed like Began was the fourth, the third or fourth option for Montana State, and you know a few other guys were straight up off for the job and turned it down. Don't know if specifically that is actually what happened, but honestly, from the start, I thought Began was was, was the top guy for that job. Uh, he's familiar with the region, obviously. Uh, he knows what it takes to. Uh, win national championships at the FCS level from his experience at North Dakota State. He knows how the FCS operates. Uh, you know, sometimes when you bring in an FBS coordinator that's used to, you know, million dollar facilities and huge meeting rooms and big time recruiting budgets and being able to fly wherever you want across the country to recruit guys, sometimes they come to the FCS level and, and, and it's an adjustment for them. Um, and, you know, Vegan, he, he was at the FBS level for a while, obviously, but, you know, he got a start in coaching uh, at North Dakota State. Uh, he runs a similar offensive system that Montana State does where he wants to run the ball. Uh, he has a great history with developing quarterbacks and sending them to the NFL, and we know that's something Montana State has lacked uh, at that position. So, overall, when I found out that he was a candidate, I thought, all right, well, I mean, he's in my opinion, he's, he's the top candidate. And uh, ultimately, I know it probably took a, a little longer than some wanted, but ultimately I, I think uh, Montana State got the perfect guy for the job. Sam, with that being said, obviously he's got ties to North Dakota State, and we know North Dakota State is uh, the pinnacle right now. They're the team that sits on top of the pedestal. Everyone's trying to chase them. Everyone's trying to knock them off the mountain. Uh, so you, I know you like the hire, but do you think Brent Vegan, with his ties before to North Dakota State, can take Montana State uh, to that level to compete? And uh, I know we've seen Montana State you know, play with North Dakota State for maybe a quarter, quarter and a half, but can he take Montana State to the level where North Dakota State's at, do you think? Um, I mean, possibly, I mean, it's hard to really say any team is going to reach NDSU level. Uh, I think it's, it's going to be a combination of maybe NDSU cooling off a little bit and then some teams, uh, you know, improving and them kind of meeting in the middle there to compete for national championships. So I don't, I don't know if Montana state will ever get to NDSU's level where they're currently at. You know, I don't know if any FCS team can accomplish that, but I, I do think he can, you know, give them that little something extra to go from a semifinalist team to uh, a team that is good enough to make it to Frisco. Uh, you know, everything is in place uh, at Montana State uh, with, with players and, you know, with support and with facilities coming. Uh, they just need, you know, a little bit more. And I think that's the the, the quarterback position is going to be key uh, for Montana State to, to figure out their problems there. Um, and I, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, it seems like Montana State is, is right there on the cusp of competing for a national championship, but at the same time, you know, how close are they really, you know, when, they, when they've gotten blown out by NDSU the last couple of years? Um, and so I think they're close, but at the same time, I, I don't know how close they are just because I don't know how well they do match up, match up with NDSU because I don't, I don't think anyone can really out NDSU, NDSU, so... Um, you know, I, I think they'll remain contenders. Uh, I think they'll remain a quarterfinal team, a semifinal team. Uh, you know, I, I don't know for sure if, if, if they'll be making it to Frisco, you know, for sure in the next one, two seasons. But I, but I do think Vegan is the, is the right guy to try to get them, you know, on the track to Frisco. Right now, we are with Sam Herter from Hero Sports as we are getting his thoughts on the FCS spring schedule as well as talking some Montana State football. We'll take a look at the Week 2 slate, get his thoughts on the big games this weekend. That's next here on the Knock on Sports. It's good to know some things never change, no matter what's going on in the world. 
like the satisfying sound of snow crunching under your boots, or how every family seems to have their own secret huckleberry-picking spots, or how there's always room for a little more meat in your freezer, no matter how many hunting trips you go on. One other thing that will never change? Whitefish Credit Union's commitment to you. This year, next year, and always. Whitefish Credit Union. Subject to membership eligibility. We're talking about the FCS Spring College Football Schedule with Sam Herter from Hero Sports on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline. Uh, Sam, looking at week two here, one game jumps off right off the bat here. South Dakota State taking on Northern Iowa. What do you think about this game? How do you break it down? Yeah, at 7, at seven Central time, uh, so we get uh, uh, kicked off a little bit before that is Nichols, who's another playoff team, but they're playing uh, Lincoln University of Missouri, uh, who I'm guessing is D2. Uh, so, I mean, the, the first game this weekend is Nichols, but I don't think you know a whole lot of people will be tuning into that game. Uh, but, you know, an hour after that kickoff is South Dakota State at Northern Iowa, two top ten teams, uh, two teams with national championship aspirations. And this is a, a huge game because, I think the Valley with the slim down playoff bracket, the Valley is, is, you know, not guaranteed, but pretty much guaranteed to get two teams in, you know, possibly three. Uh, but I don't know if a six and two Valley team will get in uh, this year. And so basically whoever loses this game has to run the table or else they're very much on, on the playoff bubble. And so this is a, a huge game to kick off the season right away. And then looking at uh, North Dakota State, they're taking on Youngstown State as well. What do you think about this matchup? And is this more about just trying to figure out, obviously, Trey Lance now gone from North Dakota State. Uh, Nolan takes in or steps in. Is this more about what North Dakota State has and how this team's going to look with a new quarterback? Yeah, I think it'll be a good test uh, for NDSU. In my prediction, I didn't uh, predict a blowout. I, I predicted a, uh, I think my score was like 28 to three. So a, a decisive win, but not, you know, an absolutely dominating win. It's just hard to really know what we're going to get with Youngstown States and what they're going to look like offensively and defensively uh, with Doug Phillips in his first year as the head coach. And, you know, Youngstown State traditionally plays NDSU really, really tough. Uh, that wasn't the case in 2019, but in previous years, you know, NDSU's closest games of the year, you know, usually came against uh, South Dakota State or Youngstown State during the regular season. Uh, and, and so this will, I think this will be a good test uh, for NDSU. Uh, we'll get our first glimpse of what kind of quarterback Nolan is, you know, what this new look NDSU defense looks like exactly. So I, th- I think this is a, a good first game for NDSU and for us to find out, uh, you know, just how good they are. Sam, looking at another team with another new quarterback uh, under center and in the shotgun, uh, looking at James Madison, what are you expecting from them? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know how much this game will tell us about JMU. Same thing with next week too, when they play Robert Morris. Uh, but I mean, if, if if JMU beats Morehead State, you know, fifty-nine to seven, does that tell us the Dukes are? the number two team in the country, the number five team in the country, number 10, number like, yeah, I, I really don't know how much this will tell us. Uh, they are probably going to look really, really good and they're going to dominate more head states. Uh, it, it will be, you know, of interest for FCS fans just because it is GMU. Uh, they, they have been the top contender to NDSU in recent years. Uh, they have to replace a, a, a lot of all Americans on the defensive side of the football uh, Cole Johnson is in his first year as a full-time starter for the Duke, so we'll get a chance to see him and you know what he can do. Uh, but I mean, I, if 
you know, I don't think we're, we'd be ready to declare JMU as the top contender to NDSU this year just because they dominate uh, Moorhead State because I do think that is uh, expected of them. Sam, looking at another game that you have on the docket as well, uh, looking at Austin P versus Tennessee Tech, what do you think about this matchup? Yeah, I think this is a fascinating matchup, especially in the OVC where if you're Austin P, if you're Jacksonville State, if you're SEMO, you know, probably the three, I would say, the, the three top contenders to compete uh, for a spot in the playoffs, potentially get two teams out of the OVC in the playoffs, you can't really afford a letdown loss. You know, I know Jacksonville State in, in years past has had a letdown loss, a big-time upset, and, and that can prove costly. And so I, I think this is a big game for Austin P. You know, they played a few games in the fall. Uh, didn't look, you know, all that tremendous, especially coming off of a quarterfinal appearance. Uh, and so this will, you know, this will give us a, a true test of, to, to see how good this team is. I don't know how much stock you can put in, you know, how they looked in, in the fall. Uh, but Tennessee Tech is, you know, usually not a very good team in the OVC. I think they only had one win in 2018. And then in 2017, I think it was another one-win season. Uh, but last year, and uh, last year as in the 2019 season, uh, they did finish 6-6. Six and six. Uh, They're right in the middle of the pack in the OVC, made – Big time improvements. Uh, their quarterback, his name is Bailey Fisher. He broke a number of program records in 2019 as a sophomore, um, and so they're moving in the right direction. And I think, you know, while you know, I think Austin P is going to win. I don't. I, I think it's going to be much more close than than maybe people think when they see this matchup on paper. And so this this is another good game to watch. Sam, we got a lot of new faces here. We saw a lot of, of names that we talked about last fall that have gone into the transfer portal or ultimately have found new teams as well. So we're learning a lot. We're going to be seeing a lot of new names. Who are some players, though, that are really you're kind of keeping an eye on uh, throughout the season? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's still, honestly, the, the usual suspects when, when looking at the top players. I mean, you know, Eric Berrier and Jermaine Martin Jr., Pierre Strong Jr., Isaiah Weston, you know, Trey Berry, you know, Jared Brinkman, Bryson Armstrong, you know, Cordell Jackson, Michael Tutsi. I mean, these are all guys that, you know, it's not like every team has, you know, brand new players. There still are a ton of All-Americans coming back from the 2019 season. And so those are, you know, kind of the top guys uh, that I'm paying attention to. There will obviously be some new names stepping up, uh, you know, you know, which, which player for, for South Dakota State, which wide receiver is going to step up? Is it going to be one of the Yankee twins? You know, that could be a name to, to keep an eye on because they have to replace Kate Johnson. But, you know, for the most part, I think when it comes to, you know, voting for the Walter Payton Award and Buck Buchanan Award, you know, it's the, the, the top five candidates are going to be guys that, you know, we've grown accustomed to and are still around playing in the FCS. Sam, looking real quick, is obviously the Big Sky Conference. Uh, they've made some changes, some alterations. We mentioned earlier the Montana schools not being in, along with a couple others. Uh, what do you think about the Big Sky Conference slate that gets underway next weekend? Yeah, you know, I think Eastern Washington uh, playing Idaho, that's, uh, that's, that's going to be a really key game. It seems like how the schedule is set up, it seems very likely that, likely that Weber State will finish undefeated. Uh, it seems like Eastern Washington also has a chance to go undefeated, uh, but they play Idaho uh, next week. I think they play Idaho twice, possibly. Uh, but I think on their schedule, Idaho is probably the top contender to Eastern Washington. So 
Uh, next week's game is, is, is big for the Eagles, uh, especially, you know, if they want to get into the playoffs as a possible at large. But I think next week's game is a big one for them. My featured guest is Sam Herter from Hero Sports as we are talking FCS college football. Sam, if they want to catch your latest work, how can they do that? Our website is heroesports.com, and then my Twitter account is Sam Herter FCS. Sam, really appreciate the time. Really appreciate the insight, as always, my friend. You hope you have a great rest of your weekend. Look forward to chatting with you again very, very soon. All right, you too, man. Uh, thanks for having me on.